Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. DeWindy, we're back. Thank you for being patient for a DeWindy podcast, even though you didn't know you were being patient, but you were, and I appreciate it. Had the vaccine last Thursday, been sweating at night, never sweat like this in my life outside of the sauna. It has been a thing. Drenched the sheets back-to-back nights like a back-to-back Jordan 42 and 45-pointer. But now I think I'm back in business on Blue Star and feeling good. And to Winnie City. We're starting with the Cubs today. We will have a Bulls podcast up later this week and then a White Sox coming. And Bears reaction. Bear down Chicago Bears. We'll see what they do with number 20 overall. I really hope they trade up and draft a quarterback or miraculously one falls to them that they like outside of Mac Jones, even though maybe Mac Jones will be better than I think he's going to be. This is all a crapshoot, but a very important time for your Chicago Bears and their eight draft picks. Now, for the Cubs, Chris Bryant is playing his ass off. The price is going up. Jed, get on the phone. Hey, KB, I know that you nearly signed before and something got in the way, be it your agent or whoever it was. That doesn't matter. Water under the bridge. We're finding more money. We're seeing fans come back to Wrigley Field. We love what's going on. We love you. We love 2016. We love 2015. We don't even mind 2018. You're a left fielder. You're a right fielder. You're a third baseman. You're a first baseman. You're a first-class guy. You're a dude that hits a grand slam down 4 nothing against the Braves, and then we can't hold it because we're not very good right now. Sign KB. Now, that would be my request to the Cubs. Nick Madrigal hitting game winners for the White Sox. The White Sox are the best team in Chicago right now. It's not close. And one Bulls thought for you ahead of anything going on with our Bulls pod this week. Stacey King and his Tice Tice baby, it's doing a lot for me. Every time Tice does something, sometimes you get overkinged. Don't you get overkinged? I feel like I get overkinged. But Tice, Tice, baby, I mean, I just I feel like I want to get up and do a dance. Tice, Tice, baby is straight. Stacey King, brilliance. I have nothing else to say about the Chicago Bulls other than the race for the 10 seed is kind of fascinating. And Russell, Russell Westbrook, if you missed his comments this week, give uh, good old Westbrook a search on your Twitter. And he's got a whole rant about how I am not apologizing for being me. Nor should you, Russell Westbrook. You put it on the line every single day. So does Jordan Birdfield and Brian Beto. The Windy City podcast starts right now. 
But first, the Windy City podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring May's top superfood product from Earth Echo Food Lines. That's Cocoa Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy a rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing it by doing something good for your body. That's right. It's a good start for you. 100% organic cocoa beans, naturally kissed by the sun. That means they're delicious, maintaining the miraculous health benefits as well. They blend it with turmeric, MCT oil. Don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's really good for you. Coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, black pepper, the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. 15% off. Use the code MINUTE15, MINUTE15. Go to earthechofoods.com forward slash minute media. Put in the promo code MINUTE15. 15, and this amazing product will be on the way. You're going to fall in love with the truly healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, reducing your inflammation. One simple drink. Not only that, it's friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan. Check it out. EarthEchoFoods.com forward slash Minute Media. Don't forget the promo code Minute15. Showtime. Showtime. You know who is currently seventh in baseball and war right now? Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. So, see, I think that's actually a great place to start the podcast, Jordan. <clears throat> and you know what this is starting to feel like for me? What's that? This is 1992. Greg Maddox <laughs> marching his way to a Cy Young and just knowing that the Cubs were just dumb and that they had paid stupid ass Ryan Sandberg. No offense, Beto. I know that's your bestie and I love Rhino too, but they had paid Rhino, I think 7 million a year, which was a ton of money at the time. And I remember my buddy, Benny Levy, the great Benny Levy, who's now a proud dad of twins. And I think has and and, and a son. And he was just screaming. They're not going to sign Maddox. They're not going to sign Maddox. They're not going to sign Matt. And they didn't sign Maddox. All I got to hear right now is that Chris Bryant's trying to soak in these final moments. It's like, nah, nah, nah. you're the Chicago Cubs. You own all of Wrigleyville. And he's, he's proving that when the money's on the line here, he's trying to show you every damn reason why he should stay. So I'm starting to feel like it's 92 and maybe he'll end up staying. And, and I know he's not Greg Maddox. He's not going to go on to win 355 games, but I love Chris Bryant. I love Chris Bryant. Anybody? I wish it I was 92. Yeah. I love him as well. I, I just wish it was 92. Cause if Me it was, too. if it was, it was nearly may of 92, the bulls would be ready for their, their second oh consecutive God. championship with the win over the blazers. We'd have Maddox. We'd have four years of lights at Wrigley field. It, there's a lot of nostalgia going on in the early 90s Cubs. Not a Wasn't lot of great Dick winning baseball. last year, too? Was that might be right. If it was Green 90- team, we're about to be in Barcelona? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. That's, we'd be 24 years away from them winning the World Series, right? <laughs> oh so I, I, I've actually, you know, going back and seeing a lot of the um, old highlights and going back to 84. So when they win game two against the Padres... Lee Smith closes it out. There's a sign that says something like 39 years is long enough (laughs) since they last were in the World (laughs) Series in 45. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, are you kidding me? 39 years. That's that was the drought at the time of getting to the World Series. And 
uh, it was, I just was like, you have no idea, sir or ma'am, whoever you were. The funny thing probably is- Probably shirtless. Guys, we know that. They were probably shirtless. Yes, definitely shirtless. If this is the last year of Chris Bryant's career with the Cubs, just looking at his career totals, if he has a great year this year, which obviously he started the year great, his career with the Cubs is going to have been so good and so accomplished. And then to let him go at 29, like I feel like this is something we're going to look back 10 years from now and say, how did people not appreciate this guy more? I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week. The injuries have, I think, really clouded people's perception of him because when he's hurt, he's not very good. I mean, he, he, his performance dips considerably when he's not healthy. The difference is he's that sort of stand-up guy that's just not going to say anything and he's going to try to play his way through it. It just hasn't resulted yeah. in performance. He hits like Coy like, Hill when he's hurt. He hits like yes, Coy Hill. But when he's healthy, great reference to Coy Hill, by the way. When he's healthy, <laughs> he is... He's better than good. He is phenomenal when he's 55 Coy Hill 55. Am I right about that? Is he yes. K-O-Y-I-E. That's really good. We're recording on Tuesday morning after the Chris Bryant grand slam to tie it up at four, four. We're going to get to the Zach Davies apology, which I find absolutely amazing in second here. Uh, just because Zach Davies is apologizing for being terrible. It's not your fault, Zach Davies, but there was <laughs> not, you sound like you sound just, like Robin Williams and yeah. goodwill hunting. It's not your fault. It's not, it, your it fault. isn't, it isn't Can I be Matt Damon we, here. It's yeah. not your fault, and I don't even hate the trade for the record, but it's not your fault that we dumped you, Darvish, for four prospects that were not in the top ten of the Padres system and, and you because there was there was just no other way to do money and value, and that was the best the Cubs could do in the offseason. That's not Zach Davies' fault. Nobody can expect him to be good. He's big, can, you know, can we be fair to that, though? I mean, he's been terrible. But the dude, the last five years, four of those years, he's had an ERA, a sub four ERA. That is solid. So his track record is good. Last year was under three. And I know it was 60 games. I know it's Petco Park that does go into it. However, he's been a solid pitcher. But so we're not saying he's terrible, but he's been god awful. And if he doesn't figure it out, that rotation is in major trouble. He's allowed 20 earned runs in 19 innings. That's the fourth worst among MLB starters in a minimum of 10. He has a 9.47 ERA. So solid. Okay. This is because we're going on the Zach Davies dive, which he's calling this, by the way, one of the worst stretches of his career. It has to be. I'd like to do a deep dive on that. I, we don't have time in the middle of this podcast to go through Zach Davies' game log, but I, I bet you there is a comp to this stretch is my guess. I'm not entirely certain that that's true, but that would be I would strongly lean that way. Does that mean that the, the Cubs just they've gotten him and they've tried to teach him something new and he's just gone bad? Is he putting too much pressure on him as a Cub, or is it just one of those quirky baseball things where he's just having a bad time? He's just having a bad stretch early in the season, no big deal coming off the pandemic. What do we got? Anything? Make an excuse for Davies. I'd love to hear one good, solid Zach Davies excuse. I mean, I'm not defending his performance, which has been no, horrible. Course. The one thing I would say, though, tell me if you, if you guys think I'm going somewhere that makes sense here. In the era of Theo and Jed, when they have brought in free agents or have traded for someone that was higher profile, I'm not saying that Zach Davies is, but the trade that he was involved in was high profile, some of these guys have had a lot of trouble adjusting to being Cubs immediately. I mean, you Darvish did, John True. Lester did, Craig Jason Kimbrell. Hayward Kimbrell. did. 
<laughs> Craig Kimbrell did. So, I mean, there have been several guys and I don't know if that's part of it, but if I'm Zach Davies, like I'm basically a guy, I got traded to the Cubs in a big deal where I am definitely not the best player in it. And so I'm going to a team where now I'm expected to be good because the guy that we gave up, the guy that the Cubs gave up was a Cy Young caliber pitcher. So now here I am trying to fill into this rotation. Like he's not good enough to be you Darvish, but I would imagine that's in his mind, right? I think that's the best excuse ever. It's true. There's so many players that have come here, and when they get here, at first they suck. Moise Salou sucked, and then he got good. So you just and then brought, he freaked out. Yeah, well, and then did he, he suck in 2 Is that when they brought him? He yeah, yeah. He, he hit like that 200. team was terrible. He but. he was horrendous, horrendous. And it's like you're Moise yeah. Salou. You've literally hit every single place you've ever been. You've been nothing but really, really good, and you got here. Remember Todd and- Hunley? Todd bad right. he was speaking of O2 Todd, or O1, Todd whatever that was. You sucked when you got here. I mean, there's there's it's happened over and over again. It's a it's a I mean, maybe we're doing that. Zach Davies versus the Cubs, courtesy of our guy Michael Sarami over at Leecher Nation, 3.61. Zach Davies with the Cubs, 10. Those are the ERAs. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that's three X. Like, that's what I mean, though. What was he made? Four starts. I mean, it's, it's, it's alarming. I'm not, I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying like, you would think that it would normalize to an extent. I don't know. I don't know if he gets off to slow starts in the season. I don't know. Kyle Hendricks outside of last year, because it was, they started in July. He typically gets off to slower starts. People forget about that, especially in the cold weather. David Ross, it looks like he's having trouble establishing the fastball. I didn't even know he had a fastball. Like well, he means command. No, he doesn't have a fastball. <laughs> I, I understand. There's no fastball. <laughs> I, how about just, he's having trouble finding the strike zone with literally anything. See, but the problem is though, guys, he is another one of these pitchers that they have incredibly assembled a team full of them, which seems almost impossible. We have a bunch of guys that don't throw hard that have to be basically on their game to succeed and cannot succeed unless their command is pinpoint. Now, yeah. Kyle Hendricks has proven over the course of a half decade that he can do this consistently and not only consistently, but in an elite level, right? Like we agree, Kyle Hendricks is an elite pitcher, but most guys can't do it. It's really hard. And so like when you're Zach Davies, if you're not on it, right. you are horrible. Like no mar- there's no in between. No margin for Right error. now he's horrible. Putting your team down four runs in the first inning, having a claw back you want Chris Bryant's home run to be the go-ahead. You don't want it to have to come from behind. You want it to build momentum. These are the words of Zach Davies. By the way, Zach Davies, I'm sure you're a very nice guy, and I'm not trying to be incredibly hard on you on the Windy City podcast, which is going to go nationwide. They were killing Zach Davies. We apologize. Quote, it's been tough. I don't think it's really anything too much mechanically or pitches. It's just going out there and performing. There you have you, Yeah, he talked about execution, right? So, oh man, uh, but which brings me back to how we started this with, with Brian and, you know, he hits the granny last night and between second and third, you know, the bench is yelling at him and he has this little smile on his face, like this, like rye Chris Bryant little grin. And everyone's talking about how Bryant never really shows emotion. 
and maybe I'm just like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm not paying too much attention to this, but like, I never like realized that like, that's true. Like Chris Bryan never, he gives you the, like, give me a good pump of the fist. Like you're just, you're just stoic, Chris Bryant, perfect kid that doesn't want to insult anyone. I just hit a home run. I'm, I'm not going to Fernando Tatis you. So I don't know. I just sort of like been sleeping on the fact that Chris Bryant is like, he's just so polite when he's good too. Uh, in addition to being really good. Yeah. I mean, they always talk about too, when he, even when like, he gets mad at the ump for a bad strike call. They're like, Oh, you know, if Chris Bryant is saying something, you know, it must've been bad. Right. Cause he usually never, he never talks up, but that's just, just who he is. He's a like, sweetie. I have no pro- right. I have no, pro- if that that's who Chris Bryant is. That's who he is. So be him. I have zero problem with Fernando Tatis. I actually love the one eye thing that he did with Trevor Bauer the other night. That was incredible. But if that's who he is, do it. That's who Chris Bryant is. Do it. But it is kind of cool when he does go crazy here and there. And by go crazy, I mean, smile rounding from second to third. <laughs> he, he has the, he has the temperament down, Chris. of he's like Tim Duncan. Like, remember how polite Tim it's Duncan was So true. like great yeah. player, but also just like never mad, very stoic, always just kind of going out there and killing you softly. Yeah. That's what Chris Bryant is. I mean, I like it. I, I like I, the only times I can think of him really emoting other than last night on that grand slam were like the home run in game five of the world series or huge, huge moments that you would think would call for yeah. some kind of emotion. That's he the other smiled thing. Like, on the grounder to third on the last out before <laughs> right. he got it. He smiled. That was like the most emotional, like swag you can get literally was smiling as the yes. ball was coming to him. He almost sailed it over Rizzo's head, but thank hey, God Rizzo caught it. He didn't. <laughs> yes, he did it. But the other thing I would say is like, because we're talking about how he's just this perfect sweetie and then everybody is killing him because he's not Mike Trout. It's like, come on, Cub fans. We got to be better than this. I agree with that. Can I uh, segue to the bullpen here for a second and just... Uh, I thought you were going to say the Bulls, and I was like, all right, here we go. No, 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 no. no, no. no we'll leave what them out of there. Tanks? Big, big, big win over the heat last night. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm really enjoying the conversation out there. Are the Bulls better without Zach Levine? No, they're not better without Zach Levine. So Jeremy Jeffers is out here not understanding why he's not on a roster. I don't know if you guys remember any bad Jeremy Jeffers juju last year. Like, this guy's tough in the clubhouse. Maybe they kept it under wraps. The guy saved their bullpen last year. He saved an absolutely awful Craig Kimbrell. The Cubs have Jason Adam with a 9.45, Brandon Workman with a 6.14. I mean, Ryan Tapera got suspended uh, for two games. That's not the point. He's got a 5.19. You telling me that you can't find a spot for Jeremy Jefferson in this bullpen? I don't get it. Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Well, I yeah, saw you forgot about Dylan player, Maples. Right? They, yeah, right. They... <laughs> Dylan freaking Maples. Well, this guy can't, he can't pitch for us anymore. What, what's the deal? Can I, can I just have 20 seconds on this? I don't think D- Dylan Maples has more lives than a cat. It's, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how many times are we going to let this guy go out there and not throw one strike? I've Incredible. seen enough. Goodbye, Dylan Maples. We <laughs> hardly knew ye. Well, like I, I know, I, I think we did know him quite a bit, actually. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yes, it's the same thing every time he comes right. in the game. He throws eight straight balls. I'm like, get this guy out of here. I, He's like early day. season 1989 Cleveland Indians Rick Vaughn, like where he's gonna strike out <laughs> like three guys in a row and then ball four, ball eight, ball twelve situation. Like How are early they before Rick close. Vaughn figures it out in the back half of the '89 season? That's who, that's who Rick, that's who Dylan Maples is. They've got Rex brothers, by the way, ESPN has Rex brothers and correct me if I'm wrong here. Maybe I've lost my mind. They've got him listed as a right-handed pitcher. You, 
you have not lost your mind. Not for this yeah. specific case, anyway. <laughs> I mean, he it might look like he's throwing right-handed based on the results. Like, I'm pretty certain that he's throwing left-handed, and it's yes. and it's straight awful. Guys like that who I've never heard of before because maybe I need to study my baseball more. But like the first time you ever see him in a Cubs uniform, he's all hunched over and he just looks terrible. And you see him throw his first pitch, like this is never going to work. This guy's straight awful. One pitch. Seriously, had, had you seen Rex Brothers before this year? And if you had, how did you not? Yeah, know that and the guy? Cubs. Cubs last year. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he's on the Cubs. Like I think I remember. I don't even remember. He, he was on the Rockies, right? He was yes. actually a pretty, wasn't he a decent, I don't say prospect, but like he was fairly well regarded. I think Throwing so. strikes was always his issue. Yeah. He's got good stuff. He does. Throws hard for a lefty. He's got a good yeah, slider. Yeah, but again, this is like, well, Dylan Maples has good stuff. He just to- can't. Totally. But I mean, that arm. walk rate's like astronomical. Like yeah. Rex hey, Brothers actually had been good prior to was it the game this weekend where he walked everyone and hit everyone? Yes. Rex. He also has a name that makes you think he should be good, right? Like a guy named Rex Brothers. You gotta be good. Sounds like a guy who should be good. It's amazing that I did forget about the Rex Brothers three-game stint in 2020 when an ERA of 8.1. I, I am vaguely remembering Rex Brothers now. In 17, he had a 7-2-3 with the Braves. He was, you're right, Beto, he, he had two really good years with the Rockies. 15 he was a good and then he got hurt before that he was he had a 559 somehow they still ran him out there 74 times uh which speaks i guess to the rockies bullpen his whip that year was 1.85 you know this is this is the cubby once we get him out of course field baby we're gonna save that guy who, who was the, wasn't there another course field a rec- oh yes the uh the right-hander who we signed to a three-year deal who sucked until his last year last he was a starter he was good last year uh, he could never find the play. Oh, had- Tyler Chatwood. Yeah, Chatwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we thought I mean, that Tyler we- Chat good last year. <laughs> the reclamation of Tyler Chatwood. Uh, He's not, is he in the Blue Jays now? I, I I'll, I'll look it up. Where's the one Tyler? thing I would say? To I you, loved though, that deal too. That was just a disaster <laughs> well, when they signed that guy. To your point on that, though, Carmen, because we another, were talking sorry, about this. I'm cutting you off, but another no, no, guy go. that came yeah. in. Another guy that came in that we kind of expected and then went to the Cubs and was terrible. To your point of the earlier discussion of another free agent we signed that's just got awful. Tyler Chatwood fits the mold. Yes. Tyler, those guys. Yes. Tyler Chatwood is pitching out of the bullpen for the Blue Jays, and he's pitching well. Four and two-thirds. He's given up four hits this year. Struck out five. He's only walked two. His ERA, zero. Tyler Chatwood, ladies and gentlemen. When you were bringing it up with thought of the reclamation project in Chicago, it made me think, like, I was watching Jake pitch uh, – what was it when he pitched Sunday or Saturday or whenever it was Sunday. Right. And he, like, we were talking about this in spring training a little bit, how he looks a little bit different because he doesn't throw his heart anymore and he's added a little to his game, but he's still, he's still good. And I don't know if this is sustainable because I was reading uh, Megan Montemoro's piece in the tribune about how like his left on base percentage of runners that he's leaving on versus allowing to score is higher than his Cy Young season in 15 right now, which obviously you would think is not sustainable and he's not going to leave 80% of runners on base the way he did when he was the best pitcher in the world in 2015. So, you know, at some point he's going to come back to earth a little bit, but it does make me wonder guys. And again, like I was the person who went on every radio and TV show and said, you Darvish was the right signing they should, they, this was the right move by the Cubs. He was younger. It was a better investment, the whole thing. But it does make me think Jake is the kind of person who, for whatever reason, when he has been on the Cubs with their 
pitching coordinators and staff and all this stuff, they've been able to get the best of him. And I, I wonder if like, cause he was bad in Philadelphia, but I wonder if he had stayed on the Cubs, if it would have worked out that he would have continued to be good. I mean, yes, certainly we could have made some changes, make him better too. He was actually hurt in fairness. So that was yes. part of it. The third thing, and I'm going to get real deep on y'all here. He had to figure out who he was not anymore to figure out who he can be and who he is now. What I mean by that is I, it might've taken him some time to realize he can't try to be the pitcher he was in 2015, 2016 parts of 2014 too. And he was pitching like that for a while and he got shelled. So we had to adjust to the hitters and the league, the way his pitches were trending. He had a major decline in velo. His pitches, while still having some good movement, don't have the bite they used to. And even if he was the Cubs, the Phillies, whoever, the mid-90s Atlanta Braves, he might have still struggled the years leaving the Cubs. That's I'm just playing devil's, devil's advocate there, but that's one thing I would say is it's potential that he just needed to, to realize he's not the guy he was a few years ago. And that takes time. I, I, I made the comp to Adam Wainwright, I think earlier um, in the season and Adam Wainwright, I feel like had a similar situation where he stopped throwing 95. He sucked for a little bit and then somehow has been a fairly viable major league starter in the back end of the rotation the last few years. So here's my, first of all, when he left, I weeped and I went on every show opposite of Jordan Burnfield. I think maybe we're on the same shows in Burnfield saying Darvish. I'm saying you're letting go of Jake Arrieta. The dude won two games in the damn world series. He was the greatest pitcher I've ever seen in 2015 on the road. He, he won two games in the world. Yeah, uh, right. And, and he went yeah. into Pittsburgh and won the wild card game. Schwarber sitting bombs into the Allegheny. The last thing I want to pay Arietta. <laughs> wait for the market to settle. He, had, he gets three years and whatever it was, 75 million, give him the money and keep him around now. And then when Darvish sucked at the beginning of his career. All I did was text Beto. Darvish blows. I was right. Darvish, right. You he texted me after his first start last year. <laughs> For last year. A year he was second in the Cy Young. He goes, anyway, he said something like, anyone that thinks this was a good deal is completely psychotic. After his second half of 2019, where he had like a one ERA and a 12 to one strikeout to walk ratio. One start in 2020, writes him off. Dude nearly wins the Cy Young so, three months later. Because I, I just, I loved Arietta that much. I loved everything about like the dudes, the dudes eating kale, the dudes, the dudes doing yoga. Now he's in a Pilates and he's in, on the So he's everything that you're not. He's exactly. doing everything that you want to do. Exactly. He is getting the most out of himself. I'm going to go take a nap after this podcast and eat three Reese's peanut butter cups and then, you know, go to McDonald's. Arietta, <laughs> you don't let that guy go. And I, and I'm, by the way, I am waiting for him. I hear, I got two predictions. One, he's going to have some seminal moment where he calls out what's going on in that clubhouse. I think he's going to step in and talk about how guys are something along the lines, guys playing for themselves or whatever it's going to be. I think Ariad will have a moment that year where he calls out the culture. The other prediction I'm making, and this is my concern, and this is just pure baseball. I always think everyone's going to get hurt neuroses, but I, I think like his slider is sick right now. That thing is moving all over the place. I'm wondering if he's really like squeezing everything he can possibly get out of himself because he's coming back here and he's super motivated and he's on a one-year deal and his body's not going to be able to handle it. I have a concern that we're seeing like the best stretch that we're going to get and then he's going to come down with something in June and he'll be out for two months or whatever. I hope obviously that's not the case. He's obviously changed what he's doing. The stuff is still pretty – I mean, he's got some nasty stuff. 
but I, you know, I just love his presence. I love a good Jake Arietta knee bend stare into the catcher, just like every bit of power, like not an ounce of fat on him. The guy's phenomenal. I love him. I, and like Sunday too, he loads the bases and walks in a run with nobody out. And you're thinking, this is just the game's over. Like yeah. that honestly was what I was thinking. I'm like, this yeah. game is over. I can go do something else. And he wiggles out of the jam and it's one nothing. And I'm like, okay, well, they might not score against Woodruff, which as it turned out, they did not. <laughs> but I was thinking like in a one nothing game, they're in it at least for now. And he pitched, he pitched great. And I mean, it was the combination maybe of Jake looks like old Jake. Pat Hughes is on the call. There's all this nostalgia. It was a great Sunday until the end of the game when the bullpen just lit the mound on fire with kerosene. But honestly, like Jake was, it just made me think because again, you know, as it turned out, you Darvish, another guy who obviously sucked at the beginning of his Cubs career, turned out to have a great year last year. They didn't get enough for him in the trade. They traded it for money. That's a different discussion, but it did make me think. And I think Beto, you make a great point. Like that is probably right that he, he needed to figure out that he couldn't be what he was because he wasn't able to throw his heart anymore. And so he had to reinvent himself a little bit. It just makes me sad because I did think it was the right move at the time, but I do think there are certain guys where it just works in a certain environment in a certain staff in a certain culture. And for whatever reason, it has always worked for Jake Arrieta when he's wearing the blue pinstripes. Well, it's also, I hope a lesson that they use uh, going forward with this year's free agency. Like, look, if you're really good, if you're not going to punt at the deadline on Baez and or Brian, and by the way, if people are out there still saying they'd rather have Baez, I want, I'd like to do a poll on that one right now where it's at. If you could keep one of the two, I would guess that Chris is firmly in the lead right now, but, and that really doesn't matter at all, but it just kind of pisses me off that literally 99% of people would have said Baez last year. Let the market play out. What's Chris Bryant going to get? You don't like, you don't need to be ahead of making, I hope they don't make decisions like let's go get you. And I, and I get it. It was a, whatever, a fair deal and in their minds, and we're not going to wait for you, but you know, Arietta didn't get anywhere close to what he thought he was going to get. He thought he no. was going to get a six year deal. So would the Cubs have signed him what the Phillies signed him to, if they had known that that's where it would have played. I mean, I'm guessing they would have. I think if the Cubs had known it was going to be three for 75, they would have done it. I, I really do because yeah. It would have been less of a commitment. And even if he had turned out to be exactly what he was in Philly, which is a way worse pitcher, they probably would have figured it's a three-year commitment and we're not breaking the bank to keep him. I think they thought that the only way to keep him was to give him the six-year deal they didn't want to. And so they figured if I'm going to give a six-year deal to one of these two people, it makes more sense to give it to you, Darvish, which I still think if – given those two scenarios, you would have picked Darvish every time as much as I love Arietta. But I think when it comes to Bryant, because you brought that up, Carm, I almost feel like, yes, you're right. The, the market might be less for Bryant unless he turns out to have an MVP type of season this year. And then the market maybe goes you're up for him. fucked is what's going to happen. Go ahead. But yeah, like, do you, do you want to give him huge money on a team that probably won't win? Or do you then just even though I love Chris Bryant and we all love Chris Bryant here, isn't it better for the franchise if you're not going to win to move him before the August deadline? It just doesn't make sense to me if they're not going to win 
to give Chris Bryant a six-year thank you contract. If you're doing that, then it should be a straight fire sale. Fire sale. You should have, I mean, yes. Kyle, Kyle Hendricks should be going. Yes. If that's what you're going to do, which if they're going to do that, then do it. Contreras should be out the door, the whole thing. Do you agree with me, guys? Because like, I, I feel like to, to give, because if I understand the idea of giving Rizzo the thank you deal, because he's going to be 32 and he's going to get less money anyway, unless a team is just crazy. But for Bryant, he's 29. So I could see a five or six year contract. And I just think that if they're not going to compete, that paying him 30 million a year to be a really good player on a bad team, I don't understand why you'd spend that money. Yeah, I think, I mean, if they're going to pick that lane, pick the lane to, to Carm's point. So if they're, if they're going to, if they've already made the decision preconceived that they're going to rebuild or not be competitive next year, I'm not saying they are making that, but if they're going to do that and Brian's having a good year, then yeah, you, you move them out. Right. I, I mean, I, I'm at the mindset of, I, I think Craig Kimbrell has been fantastic, but they're probably not. I think there's even maybe a better chance they resign Bryant than Craig Kimbrell. So even if you're, competitive this year even if you're a game out of first place or on the deadline i'm still looking to move kimbrell because 100 i think you can yes. get a lot for him nothing against him he's going to be very valuable to whoever picks him up but he is going to what get you one or two more wins throughout the last two months of the season and you know if it costs you the playoffs by a game it costs you the playoffs but you can still stay in the mix by replacing him so but bryant if i think if you trade bryant you're really carving out the lane you're going to go yeah. I, I do. But I think, too, that the whole discussion about whether to keep Bryant or Baez was all centered around keeping the window open. And I think we all agree that the window is closed. I mean, they're not going to win this year, and they're not going to win in the foreseeable future with the roster they have. So, like, the idea of paying somebody, either of them, and I love them both in different ways, but, like, it doesn't make sense if the window is closed. I don't think they want to go to the bottom, though. I think that's very clear Damn. from the Ricketts' financial perspective. And so, okay, you're trying to be the Cardinals now who just do tweaky moves and rebuild on the fly and are always good every single year and you make the right decisions. I don't buy that you can do it, but if you are doing that, you're not getting rid of Chris Bryant. I guess maybe the Cardinals have done stuff like that where they let Albert go. But they had, they had guys replacing him. They, they but, never bought him out, to your point. Right. And, and Pujols was, it's, it's just different. He's a, he's a first baseman DH Bryant's he's a Bryant's playing all over the field. He's playing left. He's playing right. He's, I mean, so I, I just don't get it. So Jordan Bastion does a good job covering uh, the Cubs for MLB. Everybody knows Jordan. He has this tweet, which this is not about Jordan. Chris Bryant says he likes that MLB is at least exploring potential changes to help bring more offense into the game. Asked if he had any ideas, KB quipped, quote, I think they should move the mound back to like 75 feet and they should throw underhand. That'd be fun. All right. So, which is, you know, minorly Chris Bryant funny. So this is the reason why I'm bringing it up is not because of that, but because of this response from the great Alan Truxa at a Truxa who's got three followers. It has an egg for his uh, avatar. Love our guy. <laughs> Alan, I would like to see walks eliminated. Hear me out, please. A lot of hitters don't even take the bat off their shoulder waiting for a walk because there, by the way, T H E R E because they are looking for the perfect pitch. Intentional walks would only be allowed to set up double plays, but for no other reason. And then here comes Scott 
at H4Z4RDO5. <laughs> That's a bad, <laughs> bad take. Why would a pitcher even think about throwing close? And then this, I don't know if this guy's a straight troll, but it's my just, burner. It, it, I'm wondering, is this one of you two? I love this guy. You must swing before the 10 pitch per batter limit is up. So there is a no ball count, only a strike count, three strikes and you're out. And finally, only a manager can ask for an intentional walk and umpire can refuse it unless it is up to a double play or force out at home. This guy, Alan trucks up is, is straight. My hero. It's Theo. It's Theo's <laughs> burner. He's been asked to change the game. These are his ideas. It's the same guy that's behind the Jed Hoyer Twitter handle as well. So <laughs> the last one from truck metal. The batter has to either get a hit or strike out, and there should be a 10 pitch per batter limit. If he doesn't hit the ball, strike out within 10 pitches, he's automatically out. So he can continue to hit foul balls to stay alive at the plate. Uh, this is what I'm doing with my time. I'm reading Alan Trucks of three followers on Twitter. I love you, Alan. I think it's Russ Dorsey, actually. But then anybody? <laughs> uh, how old what? is Alan? How how old would you guess Alan is? I'm gonna go 108. Is 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 Alan? You got we got Theo. Is is Alan? Is Alan Jim Hendry? Is he? Is yeah, so we Bradley. got Theo versus Jim Rob Manfred in there. So. You know what? I, uh, a very also weird left turner. I I did a men's rec league sports broadcast solution play by play game, and the Cubs social media guy was out there playing. He was actually a good player. I forget his name, but I learned through the people that play that Clark the Cub actually plays in the league. Clark the Cub. <laughs> That's awesome. Clark, Clark Does he wear Cub pants to the league? <laughs> Apparently he wears <laughs> pants and is a baseball player. There's like a 35-year-old rec league baseball player is Clark the Cub, which I find to be incredible. I love that. Also, yeah. the I'm not surprised that the Cubs social media guy is good because they have the best social media in baseball consistently. They're, they're very Maybe in sports. They're elite level. They're Mount Rushmore. But yes. you got to find it. That's... Every week we need to the updates on the investigation on figuring out who Clark the Cub is, Carm. So you need to do a little bit of Sherlock Holmes work and figure this out. I mean, I think I, I've got a very strong connection to finding out who Clark the Cub is. Got to do it. Yeah. If we out Clark the Cub, is really? I feel like that's so wrong. Well, we, yeah. we're not going to tell anyone. We just need to know for our own good. We'll really? Yeah, okay. Did you, did you know that Benny the Bull... I forget his name, but like the, the Benny, the bull that retired before this current Benny, the bull, he apparently was like the biggest chick magnet of all time. Like really? he'd walk. Yes. He'd walk into bars and be like, I'm Benny, the bull. And like everybody wanted to get with Benny, the bull, this dude, <laughs> this dude was like, I didn't figure that that would be a thing that would get you women. I, I don't know. Like L lots I was of friends ass, Jordan. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was friends with in college. One of the guys that worked at our station with us was out of the orange. And so he, when he was not doing broadcast with us, was out of the orange at the games. And so I don't feel like that helped him in that way, unless <laughs> he was still going home alone know. on Friday nights. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he didn't have this burgeoning social life unless there was something I was unaware of. You know, like, who probably really did well in that department because of the acrobats. But remember the bull who was like the bull's yes. mascot, along with Benny the Bull. That guy probably hauled it in. I guarantee, <laughs> Double and Benny the Bull were like straight going out and just terrorizing. 
the bullhead absolutely killing it like night at the roxbury <laughs> will ferrell chris Catan level good I, I always wanted to be a mascot i uh, at io i wanted to be you would be good though. i'm not just saying this this would this is your calling there's harm for her. There's never, to. you're never too late to follow your dreams and your, and your passion. You can pull this off. I'm so inspired right now that I could just, cause I mean, everything else is going South. I might as well make a pivot somewhere. I was thinking about going the teacher route and, or perhaps real estate, but mascot might be mascot. the answer. <laughs> mascot is absolutely, this reminds me of that Seinfeld episode where he's like, maybe I could be like a, you know, announcer, like a color man. You know how I make those interesting comments during the game. <laughs> He's like, yeah, they usually save that for ex-ball players and people in broadcasting. That's what Carmen just going full mascot. So this is a perfect segue from uh, mascot to the conversation that I had with both Wheat Thins and Triscuit on Twitter, which is, I think, kind of the highlight of my life as we um, wrap up this fine podcast, which and thank you all for checking out the Windy City Cubs podcast today with Vito and Burnfield and myself. So I'm sitting on the couch watching Cubs or Sox or whatever the hell I was watching, and I'm, I open up a box of Wheat Thins, and I, I'm just going nuts. Like, the, the, these things are so delicious. And, or, and, you know, I think I even left them in the kitchen, and I kept on, like, getting up. Kitchen's 10 feet from the couch, but I kept on getting up and, go, <laughs> and going to get another huge handful. And I'm like, nobody ever talks about how delicious – the wheat thin is wheat and, and the wheat thins like versatile. You could put some hummus on, you could put a peanut butter on, you can, you can put a you can put cheese on it. Nobody, nobody gives wheat thin any credit. So then I send out the tweet. How do people feel about wheat thins? And Jordan, you jumped in on it. Like, and a bunch of people jumped in. Kevin Powell was all over it. And then it got to like the Trisket. And what about the Trisket? And I'm like, the Trisket's straight nasty. It's like a grainy, bad cracker that's only good if you have something amazing on it. And then Trisket pops up into the convo and, and is like, hey, what, you know, like, thanks for mentioning me. I'm Trisket. And then Wheat Thins didn't say anything. I was kind of pissed at Wheat Thins. I'm like, where are you at, Wheat Thins? And then Wheat Thins finally jumped in there. But so then I like, you know, you got to have a sports angle here. So I'm like, well, who is the Cubs Wheat Thin? Like the wheat then being like the underrated, stable, so good, stand the test of time cracker that doesn't get the appreciation that it really deserves. Like, like I don't feel like I ever hear like, when people jumped in Dion Miller from ABC seven was like I, there, we have two boxes of wheat thins always in our cabinet, but like nobody ever talks about it. So I think this is like the underappreciated steady wheat thin. Maybe it's Bryant, but I don't know. We might have to like, go completely off the board here do you have and by the way if you guys don't feel like wheat thin is what I, how i described it then you can throw a whole another wrench into this whole convo but that's how i kind of break down who the cubs wheat thin is so trisket first of all was throwing shade at you for <laughs> denigrating their cracker which while i agreed in the twitter conversation that the wheat thin is the goat of the crackers <laughs> the trisket is a very nice alternative to the wheat thin, different texture, but also a quality cracker. So let the record show, I am a fan of the Trisket as well. I would also go so far as to say, after Kevin Powell brought this up, the club cracker, another strong choice. Delicious. The Ritz, Crackers I would good. say, decent cracker. Would prefer the Ritz Carlton to the Ritz cracker, frankly. <laughs> I think not as good of a cracker, but a decent cracker. But I think that the, that the wheat thin, we always buy wheat thins, and they're gone in like two days because of the versatility and the fact that I agree, you can dip them in anything. I don't know that the current 2021 Cubs 
have a true wheat thin on the roster. Like, I think if you're thinking back to like 2016 Cubs, you know, I feel like Ben Zobrist was the wheat thin because you could put Ben Zobrist into any situation. He would thrive. You could dip him into anything. He would thrive. You put him at second base. You put him in left field. You put him in right. The guy is just taking care of you defensively. Awesome on the offensive side. Switch hitter. Does it all. Good base runner. Good teammate. Good clubhouse guy. To me, Ben Zobrist was your wheat thin. Your Triscuit, on the other hand, I think still a good cracker, but you know, definitely a little bit edgier and maybe like you can get the most out of the Triscuit in a unique situation. So I feel like of the 16 Cubs, you might've said like Jason Hamill, who like really overachieved in 2016 was, you know, like you were a little bit on edge when he was pitching. Cause you're like, how is he doing this? Can he keep doing this? but continued to do it. So I feel like he maximized the Triscuit in 2016. And I currently don't think that the Cubs have a Triscuit right now because I, I don't know that anybody is maximizing anything other than Chris Bryant. So that now for me, who I just don't like the Triscuit, I feel like it's just like straight painful, but I think you just dog Triscuit with calling him Hamill. Like I would call Hamill the rice cake, which is just last, <laughs> last resort. No, you need, you Sorry. need something that yeah. has like a really good, strong first taste. And that has kind of a bad aftertaste. Cause Hamill was so good in the first half of seasons and then would taper off from the second half, which I think I'm is going the- Hayward with the Triscuit. And the reason being is because Jordan and I like the Triscuit. It's a solid cracker. It's, it it's, 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 you have to have a different level of appreciation for Hayward. It's his leadership. It's his defense. It's his base running ability, but he, and he certainly thrives in certain situations, but he hasn't hit obviously very well. And Carm thinks he's terrible. So Carmen also I, thinks the Triscuit's terrible. I'm going, point. I'm going Hayward with the Triscuit. I, I love this, the Zobris comp for this. This is the greatest breakdown in the history of podcasts. I think Jordan, I think you're totally spot on 1000%. Zobris is the wheat thin. And Beto, you're, you're, I think you're right there. It's, it's totally Hayward. Hayward is the he, – it's all about – he needs a, a good supporting cast around him. He's not appreciated by everybody, but something he's really, really good. Uh, he's the Triscuit. Carl from good... Billy Madison loves him too because he loves the Triscuit, if you remember that. The, sorry Carl. doesn't put the Triscuit crack as, crackers in my mouth now, does it, Carl? So it's Carl, I, I think so those are decent comps. Carl. Yes. But you know what? I don't know. Also, I'm a saltine guy, by the way. I'm adding that to the mix. Which saltine is, oyster cracker. Which is saltine the, is a good one. Oyster cracker in a soup, very good. Chili, incredible. Yes. Saltine also by itself. I could you could give me a stack, a whole roll of saltines. I can kill it. Yeah, especially I, after a night out. Absolutely. I, I mean, and just, and you and see the thing about the saltine too is like you feel like you're not doing huge damage. A little yep. bit high on the sodium with the saltine, but you're like it. It, it ain't a French fry. The Triscuit. If you have a good piece of cheese, <laughs> it matches really well with the Triscuit. I right. think you slandered the Triscuit. That's why they had to jump in. They were like. You are taking our sol- our rock solid cracker reputation and drowning it in the toilet. 
it was basically like this white trash piece of garbage who doesn't understand what we bring to the table. Yes, that's right. We're not a standalone cracker, you dick at the car. We are, we are, we, we pair. We're not here to overwhelm. We're here to support. We're a great number two. We're, a, we're that's what we do. We're not, we're not trying to be the, the number one David Kaplan radio host. We're, we're happy to, <laughs> to, to, to be in a, an Abdallah, to be, to be a black. That's who we are. You know, a really solid number two here. Mascot, Trisket, Wheat Thin, Arietta Bryant. Uh, Jeff Find a better Riss. forty-five minutes in radio I mean, the, or audio. The, uh, you can't. Honest- he does again. Kicks away. Pagan toward third. The throw. Got him. The ball hit the dirt, but on the bounce, Escobar able to get it. He applies the tag. Pagan and Mike Quaddy arguing, and here's Lou. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. This could be the one. There it is, number one, the first ejection as a Cubs manager for Lou Piniella. Wagner have it. Just kick dirt on him. Bruce Fremming getting in the way. He just kicked the hat. But I'm tired of it. You know, and Steve Stone, he's got enough problems doing what he does with the White Sox. What job has he had in baseball? Besides talking on the on 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 on, on television. <laughs> on 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 television. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.